Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of, it's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive, it's right around the corner. Oh hey, it's Megan here. Before we dive into today's episode, our lovely guest Amy Veloshin has given us a discount code for her fabulous creations at printfresh.com. If you are ready for some luxurious organic pajamas with the cutest designs, head on over to printfresh.com and use the discount code RECLAMATION15. That's R-E-C-L-A-M-A-T-I-O-N, the number one, the number five, for 15% off. This discount code is only available from April 1st through 8th, 2021. So go now and get your PJs. All right, let's dive into this conversation. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I think this podcast episode is just going to be so fun and so just like life-giving. So I'm really excited to to dive into our conversation before I get ahead of myself. I'm sitting in my office today and this is the first episode where I just redid my office. So I just redecorated. It's a little chaotic right now because my de- my dog decided to drag all of his toys in here to hang out with me. Um, But it's also really beautiful because I actually get to just sit and look out the window directly right now. And so it's really beautiful. The sun's shining through the window and I have my my stress relief oil, which has become just like my work companion. I have that and I also have a matcha in front of me. So that's where I'm coming from today. That's where I'm at. And today I'm so excited to have Amy Veloshin on the call with me today. After 15 years of designing prints for the fashion industry under her to-the-trade print studio, Print Fresh Studio, Amy evolved her experience in print design into her own sleepwear collection. Print Fresh is a collection of sleepwear, stationery, and gift items aligned with Amy's creative vision. Inspired by plants, animals, and home decor, her collection is a reflection of those loves and passions. Amy is an alumni of the Rhode Island School of Design with a degree in textiles. She lives on a vineyard with her husband and business partner, their two children, and their rescue chihuahua, Nemo. So fun. So excited to have you here today, Amy. And yeah, before we dive in, I'd love if you could just share a little bit of where you're recording from, what you have in front of you, kind of setting the stage for listeners so they can picture us both as we're we're sitting here on the call today. Of course. I'm recording from Ocean View, New Jersey. I'm in our temporary office, which is next door to my house. And I'm sitting at my desk, which is covered with all sorts of things. I have sketches, memory cards from a photo shoot the other day. I have my seltzer water that has a lemon in it and some coffee in my cup and a couple samples of new products that we're working on. Mm. I love it. I love it so much. I feel like I can picture all of the inspiration kind of like scattered around. So great. I really need to start doing that in my office now, like just pasting some different inspiration things on my walls. I'm slowly, slowly putting the pieces together. So that's super fun. Yeah. I love having like different inspiration around. It totally helps. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I love that. 
So I'd love to hear just a little bit about your story. How did you start? What did you have to reclaim so that you could step into the life and work that you love? And um, yeah, just fill us in kind of on, on your story. Yeah. So I've always loved fashion ever since I was young and I always loved fashion magazines. I would always collect them. And I, I knew early on that I wanted to design clothing. And after graduating from college, I designed for a couple of different major fashion companies and mostly worked in pattern and fabric design. And then for the last 15 years, as you had uh, mentioned, I had been selling patterns to fashion companies. But then around like 2016, I definitely saw the market was kind of becoming smaller. So that's when I decided to kind of pivot my business and diversify into different markets that used pattern. And one of those things that I started with was stationary, mostly just because it was self-fundable. Um, mm. And of course, clothing, because everybody usually um, tries to design some sort of clothing. And I got really lucky because while I was designing clothing, I was traveling to India and developed all sorts of relationships there with manufacturers. And mm. then I started to also like pick up wholesalers and retailers. And at that point, then I kind of started to realize that pajamas were really where I wanted to be focusing my time and energy on. I love that. I love that. Basically, it was just this long evolution of, of the business that I had been doing for so long that was really just um, to the trade. And then it was just this evolution of my love of pattern and design and comfortable clothing that kind of led me to doing the pajamas. That's amazing. I love that so much. I'm curious if you could, I want to like rewind and take, take us like all the way back to the beginning for a second. So one of the first things you mentioned was how you loved fashion and you knew you wanted to get into designing fashion and, and such. Can you tell us a little bit about that was like what that was like when you were a child? I know for many creatives, I feel like we have this spark and it's just in us and we're like, I have to do this thing. It's like just in my blood. So what was that like for you? How did you actually find that fashion was your thing? Yeah, I mean, I lived in a very rural area on a dirt road, actually. So it's kind of bizarre that I, from an early age, like felt this gravitational yeah. pull towards fashion. Uh, but my parents were furniture designers. So it was always kind of around design, but it was, it was a very mm. different type of design. And I just always was sketching and uh, just really loved like, getting to see fashion through magazines. I mean, where we lived, that was kind of my only lens to the outside world with what was going on in the fashion world. And I just always loved books of fashion illustration or any sort of textiles that I would see, like if I was going to flea markets or antique markets with my family. And it just, the, the love of that kind of started very early on. Mm, I love that so much. Did you happen to grow, like you, you mentioned you grew up on like a dirt road. Was there like a lot of nature around you at that time? Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely forested area, very nature, like everywhere around you. Yeah. What do you, did you, do you feel like that had like 
anything to do with the fact that you just loved creativity, like that spaciousness and the, I don't know, I feel like nature can sometimes just do something internally inside of us. I'm just curious if that lands with you at all. Yeah. I mean, so much of our collection, and if you look at our patterns, you'll see that most of the patterns feature animals and plants. Hmm. And that is just such a long running theme for me with just like the environment that I grew up in. And then are also the print designer that I work with, she loves patterns and animals and plants and everything. So it's just, it's kind of funny that her and I both have such a love and history with, with nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I ask that because I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like in the woods on a dirt road as well. And like feel like I chose an industry to get into. So originally I was mostly into photography design and and marketing. And I feel like that just was not a thing necessarily where I grew up. And I was mostly, mostly projecting onto you, like, was your life similar to mine? Um, But I just think that it's it's interesting how that can happen though. Like when you're, for me, I do feel like nature played a huge part in my creativity. Like I found a lot of things to do. I like subscribed to random magazines and like found cool blogs to follow because there was like not a lot around me. So I made that stuff for myself, which I think is really, really beautiful. Like when our, our creativity just gets to be inspired by nature and inspired by the the world around us. I think it's just interesting. Yeah. I think it's so much easier to develop hobbies and passions and dedicate your time when you have, uh, like when you live in a more remote area where you're not inundated with so much stuff going on, you really can focus on your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. So then what was that transition like for you? So you studied fashion and then what was that transition from studying fashion to actually working with fashion companies? Cause that feels like, I don't know anything about the fashion industry. So that feels like a very like abstract thought for me for to like jump straight from fashion, like studying it to then just like working and like selling your designs to fashion companies. Is that what you said? Yeah. So I, I always kind of take a slow approach to most things. Um, so when I was in college, I, I went into this one boutique and it was like everything and it was just so beautiful. And I discovered this designer who had her clothing in there. And then I realized that she was actually local to Providence, which was where I was studying. And I tracked her down and uh, and begged her to intern with her. And Mm. I ended up working with her for about three and a half years while I was in college. So I just... Yeah. And I started off just helping with sewing, hand sewing in the garment labels into the back of the clothes, you know, very basic tasks. And Mm -hmm. and then after doing that for a whole summer, then I just started doing all sorts of things like dyeing fabrics, sewing garments for her, helping with all the marketing materials for things. So it was, it was a really amazing chance while I was still in school to be mentored by somebody and to be able to learn so much about the industry mm-hmm. and in such like a, a real practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Mentorship is such a beautiful practice. And now like I work as a life coach now, like a life coach and a creative consultant. And I feel like it, it makes a lot of sense because my whole life, I feel like I've been very passionate about mentorship. So I resonate with that a lot. I know even in college, asking people if I could work with them or things like that. And I think that's such a beautiful practice that sometimes we forget about 
in our modern culture, it's not as inundated as it used to be where there were like apprenticeships and things like that. So that's really cool that that was a part of your story where you were like, please, like, let me be your intern. And that turned into like a really beautiful opportunity to learn and to grow and to kind of blossom into the person that you were meant to be. That's so cool. Yeah, it was such an amazing experience. And I think that it's so hard to ask for help and guidance Mm. sometimes, but every once in a while, you know, there's just kind of this pairing where you find somebody who's really willing and invested in helping and it can just be such an amazing experience and can kind of really set you up for so much more success down the line. Yeah, absolutely. So then you... So, okay. So first you were, you were in fashion and then you did the stationary line. So what kind of caused that pivot? Can you fill us in a little bit more on that, that process? Right. Cause you wouldn't really think that the two would go together. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, creatives, I think you can probably have your hand in a little bit of everything, but I'd love to hear more. Yeah. So when we started with the stationary, you know, we were self-funding our business. So it seemed like something that was affordable to start with mm-hmm. and, there, there was like a connection to fabric and fibers. All of the yeah. journals were covered in fabric and patterns. And we kind of just started there and debuted the line at what was at the time called the National Stationery Show. So it was this big trade show in the Javits Center. And we made a little booth and just hoped for the best. We didn't have any stores at the time. And we ended up actually like after a couple of days, we had 30 stores that had placed orders. Wow. So we were just, we were so excited. And then That's also, amazing. It, yeah, it, it was not like, it, I didn't know what to expect really, because we had never done anything like that before, but it, it went really well. And we were lucky to get picked up by a person that manages a lot of brands. And then she started mm. really mentoring us and helping us with the line. And it kind of just took off from there. But then we had what kind of transitioned us into doing the sleepwear was we had a couple of these notebooks that had the most beautiful patterns on them, but they just, they looked kind of like not quite right on a journal. And also then we didn't really want to make typical clothing. Like they wouldn't look quite right on a dress. Mm. And we, in th- we kept on putting them, you know, like putting them away in bins and then taking them out and hanging them on the wall. And then eventually we were like, well, what if we did pajamas in them? And it was just kind of this epiphany yeah. and it totally took off. That's so fun. Again, like, I feel like that's an interesting pivot that I like, you wouldn't normally expect like pajamas, but that's so fun and so playful. And I mean, now when you look at the times that we're in with COVID, like pajamas are a pretty, <laughs> like loungewear is very prominent these days. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's just so interesting. So I'd love if you could share a little bit, um, because this is just a really beautiful story, how you kind of like went from one stage to the next as you were moving through this and as you were kind of navigating your career and, and your personal life, what do you feel like you had to reclaim in order to become the person that you are today? I think that what I had to reclaim was my belief in my creative abilities and in my vision. Yeah. I think that, uh, I definitely hit a rough patch in the early stages of starting my business, um, I was completely exhausted. I had two young children when I started the, mm-hmm. the company and 
I was trying to run a couple other small businesses at the time. And I just, like, I just don't know what I was thinking that I was like, oh, like, let's just start another company. Um, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it, it was really challenging. And yeah. along the way, um, you know, the pandemic definitely and all of the stress and um, the hardship that came with that really um, kind of was, it was just really difficult with, with a business that I had been doing for 15 years. And mm-hmm. we had to make some really difficult decisions to shut that business down that I had spent you know, most of my adult life developing and working with. And, and that was, that was really hard. Yeah. But I feel like as soon as we like started to acknowledge what wasn't working, then everything really started to click. And, mm. and once we, once we really let go of that and shifted 100% of our focus to the pajamas, it, everything just started to have so much more ease to it. But I think that getting after, you know, after all that, trying to just reclaim that creativity was just so hard because it requires so much trust in yourself and really yeah. like believing in yourself. And, and it was, it was really very difficult. I think I had to really backtrack to all the things that I used to love and kind of like those early passions Mm, that were just so obvious because it was all there, you know, like it was, it wasn't like I had to invent a creative aesthetic or vision. It's that I kind of had to look back at it and kind of Mm -hmm. like follow that trail of like, well, what were those things that brought me joy? And like, what were those things in my like creative roots And what kind of looking at the kind of art that I always loved, like what kind of art was I doing in college? Like what kind of textiles, like, have I been collecting over the years? You know, Mm. what, what kind of things do I enjoy? Like I love embroidering. Well, you know, like then that was something to explore. And so just kind of piecing it all together. But I mean, it definitely took me, you know, um, pretty much like the last two years, like really having to dig very deeply to be able to identify like what my true self is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love everything that you're sharing. And I feel like you're speaking my language. (laughs) Um, I specifically, like when you use the word ease, ease is something that I personally in my life and in my business, I'm trying to continue to embrace because I think it is really difficult to just be able to rest in, in what is working and call out what's not working. Like that's a very difficult process. Um, just like what you were sharing when, but when we do, when we say, okay, this is not working. And then we embrace the things that are, it invites so much more ease into our daily lives, into our business. But sometimes we become really attached to these other ideas and we become really like, they're part of our story. Yeah. Deciding to cut those cords to things that aren't working. I mean, it's, and there's always all these reasons why not to, you know, like to just keep going or keep trudging through, or people are always telling you to level up and just like, keep going. Yeah. It's like, well, some things just don't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's so good. Some things just don't work <laughs> and it's okay. That's like a big thing. It's okay to to let go of those pieces um, and embrace the the things that are working for you. So I guess I'm curious, can you share, how did you notice what wasn't working? Like, what was that process like for you? Well, it had been happening over the course of many years where I think the industry that I was in was just becoming tougher and tougher every day. Mm. There was a lot of competition. I think that um, there's just a lot less funding for like that type of work. And it just, it just every year got harder for 
different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just such a challenge. Like, and it just, it just was a feeling and it was also like a financial like reality. Yeah. I think. And it just, um, when the pandemic came, I just, it became impossible. Our clients, you know, had to say things like, Hey, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to pay you for the work that Mm. you've done. Or we would get emails saying, Hey, we can't issue payment for maybe another 180 days or maybe, you know, next year and things like that. You know, it was just, I was like, Oh, this is like, this is a reality. Yeah. And it was, it, yeah, the financials of it just made it, it, it just made something that was so hard. And I struggled with for years, trying to force it to work to just all of a sudden, there was just no way to make it work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So I know I'm, I'm kind of like looking at our notes from today and I know you'd written down just like that sense of self and reclaiming that sense of self and just kind of like mentioning the pandemic and such. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that a little bit, cause I want to move into some like empowering tips and things like that. But before we, especially as you're talking about the pandemic, cause I feel like this is going to resonate with so many people, like a lot of my audience, they do, they're creative people. They run their own businesses where we've all experienced the pandemic in different ways, but also have had a lot of similar through lines. And so I want to, I like my immediate reaction is like, let's talk about how we can work through that together. So when you were reclaiming your sense of self and just coming home to the art that was most inspiring to you and just re-remembering, remembering those pieces of yourself, what really kind of, what was the, the point when you were like, oh, I need to start looking back. I need to remember who I am. What, what was that point for you? Yeah, I think I was really trying to tap into my creative style, my kind of intuitive sense with those things. And so I was just trying to do a lot of different things like journaling every day. I started this amazing practice of journaling three pages every morning Mm. and just stream of consciousness. And it just, it really, I mean, it, you know, everybody says journaling is good for you, but it really is. Mm. And I feel like doing that and kind of seeing like where my ideas were and thoughts and feelings and just uh, doing that practice every day was incredible for kind of unearthing all of these things and, you know, asking myself different questions of, you know, like what, what would a perfect day look like, or what would be really fun to learn how to do and just letting myself spend time every morning. And sometimes, I mean, it takes a long time. You'd think, you know, sitting down might just take like 10 minutes. Sometimes it would take me like an hour to work through these things, but giving myself permission to have that time to reflect and to think, and just kind of like in a really unstructured way, some days just get all of those words and thoughts out really helped me figure out what I wanted to be doing creatively and with my work. Yeah, that's so good. And that's so beautiful. I know for a lot of people journaling, it is, we, I feel like we talk about journaling in the self-help world. Anyways, we talk about journaling a lot, um, but it can be a hard thing to prioritize, but it's so worth it. And it can just reconnect you to yourself in a really unique way. That's not I don't know, it's hard to find in in other spaces. So that's really cool that that was kind of a catalyst for you and helped to support you. That's really cool. Hey, hey, it's Megan here. We'll get right back into today's conversation. But before we do, I'm here to let you know just a little bit about my life coaching and creative consulting. As a coach, I work with creatives, misfits, and holy outsiders who often feel trapped in overwhelm, overgiving, and fear. 
but who also have a passion for doing something meaningful in the world. These folks are ready to hand back their past programming and rise as the leader of their own life. If this sounds like you, and you are so ready to start your own reclamation journey, let's chat. I invite you to book a free consultation with me at my website, megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com. Now let's dive back into today's conversation. So I would love if you could tell us a little bit about sustainability and just like what your, like what sustainability means to you. Like how does that fit into your world? Yeah. So when we started designing clothing, I realized that we definitely had to keep in mind our impact on the world. And I feel like, especially when you're beginning a company, you have so many choices Mm -hmm. in how, how you're going to manufacture your products. And I think it's very important early on to, to really assess your values when it comes to being environmentally and ethically responsible. And so that, that was an, a really, really important part to us finding our factories, determining the fabrics that we wanted to use. When we first started out, we knew that we only wanted to use natural fibers. So everything was 100% cotton for the pajamas. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we began and we realized that the product was definitely well-received, we we're like, okay, like even after the first season, I was, I said to myself, okay, these pajamas have got to be size inclusive and they have to be organic. Hmm. And so at that point, as soon as we launched and realized that we had something that was really working, we spent the whole first year trying to figure out how to make that happen. Hmm. And it took an incredible amount of research. I think sometimes people think that uh, some of these sustainable things are just so easy. Like you just, oh, like you just pick this organic fabric, but there's so, so many things to research, to figure out where you're getting it from, under what conditions, with what certifications. And so it took us a year to figure it out. And now everything that we're producing now is made on 100% organic cotton. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And our sizing is also very inclusive. We go typically from extra, extra small up to a 6X. Yeah. I love that you've like hit on even just in the beginning of what you were saying, just the importance of establishing your values around those pieces um, and allowing that to really inform how you create those pieces and how you um, decide to invest your time. Like investing in a year of time is so beautiful to something that you're passionate about and to something that is gen- like important to you and your company and how you run it. That's so amazing. I love it. And such a great mm-hmm. model just for everyone in, in the small business world. Cause it can also be really difficult. Cause at least for me, something that I've witnessed in, in my experience with small businesses is it's very easy to choose things that are not sustainable. Like those are pushed forth towards us everywhere. Those yeah, opportunities. It's, it's so much, yeah. It's so much cheaper to like purchase things that are yeah. non-sustainable. And even in our daily lives, like it just is like, oh, well this is cheaper. So should like, I'm just going to buy that, but sustainably like purchasing, just even as a consumer, it it's, you have to take a look at your values and evaluate, okay, well, how do I want to show up in this world? Am I willing to maybe sacrifice in one area so that I can, you know, purchase this other piece and like slowly over time, make that shift force. But that's really, really beautiful and, and just very inspiring. I love that. 
Yeah, there's so many decisions to make with it. And also like, I think sustainability is a lot about refusing certain things. Yeah. You know, like whether it's like refusing like uh, your cutlery when you're getting takeout or whatever yep. it is. And for us, it's kind of uh, trying to eliminate different things with our packaging and, you know, kind of trying to create this beautiful experience for customers, but also not use anything wasteful in the process. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love that you mentioned the cutlery. I keep trying to get my husband to, when we do get takeout, it's like, don't forget to tell them before they hand you the bag that it's you all don't about want refusing this. that stuff. It's so much yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, especially before. Um, but yeah, just refusing those things is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just those little, little bits of statements that we can kind of just those small things we can do to make a, an impact wherever we're at. So yeah, I love that. So I would love to chat a little bit about, so you, you shared some stuff about your business and your history. And especially when we're talking about the pandemic, like, and how that impacted your business and so many people's small businesses. I'd love if you could just kind of share some empowering tips that you discovered along the way. We already just chatted about journaling, which is great. (laughs) Um, But for folks who are listening, like what are empowering things that you've learned from your journey and from this process that you'd like to share? Yeah. I think that one thing that is good to keep in mind for artists or creatives or anyone that is trying to have a business is to find what sets you apart from everyone else. Mm. And I think it's about finding that special combination of whatever it is your talents are and your skills and putting those all together to figure out what makes you unique. Yeah. I think, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's so hard when you're trying to like figure something out and it's so hard to be like the best or the smartest or all of these things, you know, that are kind of, uh, you know, insurmountable in some ways, but it's just about figuring out what we're good at and just putting together those three things that are like your best talents or skills or gifts in this world. And that combination is really what will help differentiate you from all the other people out there that are trying to do similar work. Yeah, definitely. I actually had a call yesterday with a friend of mine, like a kind of an Instagram friend. And she's also my tarot reader and does like astrology. She's, she's a pretty fantastic person. Um, but it was so interesting. Cause I actually, I just had a session with her where she was mirroring to me some different things that she's seen in me. And then I also messaged another friend of mine. And I think it's sometimes it's really beautiful to ask the people that around you, what do you see in me? Like, what are the strengths that you notice? Cause it is sometimes I feel like discovering what sets you apart can feel very elusive, but we have such unique strengths more so than we realize, I think. And oftentimes the people around us can be like, oh yeah, you're so good at this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I know um, it can be so surprising because I think we're all so hard on ourselves. And then oh my when somebody gosh, calls yes. out these things where you're like, oh, well, that's just something I do. And they're like, no, that's like your most beautiful talent. Like, And it's yes. when you hear somebody else say it and then it resonates with you, like that's kind of like how you can know that those are some of the things to really mm-hmm. focus on building on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love what you just said too about just like how we'll say like, oh, that's just something I do. And when you were talking about ease too, I think that's a really beautiful connection where Like we, sometimes we just make things so much harder for ourselves when really sometimes our greatest strengths are just that thing we do. 
to us, it feels so easy, but to other people, maybe it's not. And that is like that sweet spot, that magic. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I know. It's so hard. We're so ingrained to try to pursue these things that are challenging for us, but like, it's just there, it's such a better feeling to me, like just Mm -hmm. to be able to like sit in that, like in something that comes naturally or feels Mm -hmm. good, or just like, it just has like the right feeling to it. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Just letting it be easy, letting it be easy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard to let things be easy, but I, you know, it's it's a continual progress thing that, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So what else, what what else do you have for us in these empowering tips? Okay. I would say be patient. And I say that if you're not patient, um, I think that I'm like very action oriented. And I think that sometimes that can be hard because I've really had to learn to be patient with myself and also with others. And I think that good things just take time. Mm. And it's it's really challenging because sometimes like a beautiful product or artwork or whatever it might be, might take months or years to, to really get it to the point where it will be well-received mm-hmm. and some, and some things just can't be rushed. And I think especially for those of us that are designing products or um, have a service that we're selling, sometimes we have to get it Right. Because, you know, if you have that chance to be an overnight success and then if the product or service isn't quite there, then, Mm. then sometimes it might, it might not get the success that it deserves. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, recovering from a bad product experience or something like that can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's been coming to mind for me recently is when it comes to things and just like allowing things to take times, it's just allowing it to be a gestation process. Like almost thinking of it like pregnancy where you can't rush a pregnancy. I'm, I currently don't have kids. So, but I, so I've never actually experienced pregnancy, but that's kind of what comes to mind for me is it's this like pregnancy is nine months long for, for a human's And you can't rush that process. It is what it is. And when it's time, it's time and it's, it's going to (laughs) happen. I know Um, when, because I've had two children and I just remember being like, okay, well, when's, when's the due date, you know? And I used to mm -hmm. be like so much more hyper-focused on like, well, like this is the date, you know, this is when it's going to be done, you know? And they just kept on telling me the midwives kept on telling me, they're like, it's going to be whenever it's going to be, it's going to be around then but you, you don't know. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, it just, it just takes them out of time. You can't rush it. You just have to be with it. Some parts are uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but eventually yeah. you get there. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So be patient, be patient. Yeah. What else? I, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I think just being kind to yourself is mm. just so important and it's so hard to do. Uh, I think that so many of us that um, that are pursuing creative things, we can be, you know, just so um, critical of things. And it's just, I'm always trying to remember to talk to myself in my mind as if I was speaking to a friend and just trying mm. to reframe it when I, when I get down on myself about things not going well or certain things just, you know, not meeting my expectations. I just have to try to talk myself down through my head of just, just how I would with a friend. And it makes such a difference. Kind of, yeah. What you were talking about earlier as well, like we, we tend to be hard on ourselves and 
it's so important to just be kind and to, to love and honor who we are and our process and our unique journey. So I don't want to jump into wrap up questions just yet. I would love to okay. hear Like, is there anything else that you feel like you would like to share just with our audience, knowing that there, some of them have not started businesses yet and maybe have a spark of an idea? What would you say to those people specifically? I would say, you know, it's, it's very common advice, but I think just get started. I have so many friends that want to leave their corporate jobs and start something. And I think that uh, it can be, it can always seem like this major endeavor, but I think that just starting, you know, like whether it's starting selling some things on Etsy or eBay or some, some way of selling things it can be small in the beginning because mm -hmm. I think that you'll learn things through figuring out your logo, a website, how to do mm -hmm. Instagram for your business. Like all of these things, it might not be like your final business that you end up doing, but just there's so many skills to learn and starting where the stakes are just a little bit smaller. I think let it be more fun and more playful and you can just kind of experiment and explore you know, yeah. and it, it may evolve into being the big forever business that you want to have, but I think it's just about beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then do you have anything to, to say to the folks who do have businesses that maybe also felt that, um, strain from the pandemic who really like potentially got hit kind of hard with, with the pandemic and have kind of struggling, struggling businesses in this time? Yeah, I have so many friends that have had their businesses, their livelihoods totally turned upside down. And I think that uh, remembering to reach out to other friends or business owners to mm. get advice, to like have community, especially because we can't be together. You know, these are things where normally if somebody's business was in trouble, you know, you'd meet up or go for a walk together, all these things that are much harder these days. I think relying on friends and community and talking through it is so important and just being willing to change. Hmm. You know, I, we had to change pretty much everything about how we were doing our business and our products and how we were, uh, we were shipping pajamas off of like, you know, in my kitchen counter. So things like that, you know, I, we just had to be flexible and it's so hard sometimes because sometimes you like doing things the way you're doing them. Yeah. But I think just being willing to change and find where things can work, you know, finding that ease, like we've been talking about, mm -hmm. is just so important right now because things are not the same way that they were. Yeah. Finding that ease, having so much grace for the process. That was really good. Those small businesses, we've got a lot. We've got a lot on our plates and we're, we're resilient people though. We really are. So yeah, we have to be. There's we no have to be. Choice. Yes. Yes, that's true. It's that spark, that inner spark that we've felt for all the years and it it's a blessing and sometimes it can feel like a little bit of a struggle, but, but truly it's, it's such a gift to be in, in a space where you have the opportunity to run your own business, even, even though it can be difficult. So, yeah, so good. So then what is one way that you slow down amidst our busy worlds with all of the patterns and the making and the things you're doing? How do you slow down? Yeah. Slowing down is so important because 
I think that you just have to have the space to rest and recharge. So I like to find really meditative hobbies mm. and, uh, and what that means to me is like doing something where you can kind of find that creative flow. So whether it's abstract painting, like I love to do very intuitive painting where it just is kind of creating these abstract smears of color. I just find that to be incredibly relaxing and in not working in a representational way. I find that if I'm trying to paint something that's more like, you know, like, oh, I'm going to paint a bird or something. It, it's a little more stressful, but then when if it's just something abstract, it's incredibly relaxing mm-hmm. and you can just kind of enjoy the color, like the textures. I think that that's, that's a really good hobby for me. And then I also love doing slow stitching projects. So that's kind of like where you just Mm. do lots of little stitches and you work abstractly and you don't really have to worry about what it's looking like. Any sort of like little stitches or dashes, I think always look beautiful. So that's something that I always like to do. That's so interesting. I, I love abstract painting as well. I don't do it as much as I would like to. And I continually am trying to bring that practice back into my life, but I have not heard of, of this type of stitching that you're talking about. So it's really interesting. Do you like show anybody this work? Is it like on Instagram or anything? (laughs) No. And that's, that's one of my little like secrets for like having like really fully enjoying your creative process. I think that keeping it to yourself sometimes, I mean, it's like very hard to do and these days, but I think that keeping your creative projects and stuff like that to yourself, like when you're really just trying to do it to relax and enjoy it, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just so much more enjoyable because you're not thinking about, Oh, will people like this? It's just, well, I like to, I just like doing it. It doesn't even Mm -hmm. matter what it looks like. And just to be able to take that pressure out of it. Like I don't even let my family or like my husband or like my children see it. It's something that a lot of times with the painting, I'll do it while the kids are taking their showers. Mm-hmm. So it's only like 10 minutes a day that I like, you know, might go into my studio and do that. But it's just that little daily practice. It's just, it's so helpful for kind of creating this uh, in between, between like our work day and then kind of getting ready for the evening. Yeah, I love that. Well, and I even kind of, as you were talking about that and just not sharing it publicly, I thought of it as, you know, if you think of it as a meditative process, like you don't invite, I mean, typically speaking anyways, you don't invite people to just meditate with you or to like see you meditating. I mean, some people might, but typically that's more of a private thing. Like, oh, I'm going to meditate in the morning or meditate in the afternoon. And it's just kind of something you do for you. And that for you is this, these practices are that kind of meditative type hobbies. So that's really cool. And I think that's really important too, especially as creative people to create and to do things just for the sake of doing them just for us. I think that's beautiful. So then what, or who, who are a couple of your current role models? Oh, there's so many. Um, But I would say three that come to mind. I would say Katie Storino. She's the founder of Megababe, which is an amazing company. And she has done really amazing advocacy work for inclusive fashion. Hmm. And she's a marketing genius. Uh, but I love, I love what she does. Definitely check out her Instagram. I think that, yeah. uh, that it's wonderful. And then another one is Aurora James. Do you know of her? I don't know. Yeah. So she makes these amazing shoes 
and her brand is called Brother Valleys. Okay. No, I haven't heard of that either. This is great. (laughs) And so what she did was she created what's called a 15% pledge. And Mm -hmm. it's an amazing project where she's encouraged major retailers to pledge 15% of their shelf space to Black-owned businesses. Mm. And it is just incredible, the work that she's done. And um, I definitely recommend checking out her, her website. She has all the retailers that she's gotten to participate in this. And she also has a job board that's going on there. So it, definitely check it out. It's, it's really incredible. And the shoes are just unbelievable. Yeah, that's really cool. And then there's Joy of Ojoy. And she's one of my first entrepreneur friends. She used to live in Philadelphia and that's how we first met. And she's just so incredibly authentic and uh, with her creativity and herself. And she's really amazing on her Instagram stories to, um, to listen to because she really openly talks about so many of her challenges and running a business Mm. and in, in such a heartfelt way. And I'm just always so impressed with her. That's so, so beautiful. I love that so much. Awesome. And I'm excited because I actually haven't heard of any of these people. So that's going to be really fun to kind of go down the the rabbit hole and and look at their stuff. So that's so fun. I love it. So lastly, I would love if you could share, how can we find and support you online? Because clearly we're all going to have to buy pajamas now. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. Um, Yeah, we're on Instagram at Printfresh and you can find us on our website at printfresh.com. Awesome. It has been so beautiful to talk to you. I am just really excited to to go and peruse through all of your stuff, to check out these role models that you shared. And I I just believe that this is going to be really supportive for a lot of folks in our audience who have faced some different things this past year and who are just in that creative world and have a spark inside of them who who want to step forth in their own journeys. So Thank you so much for joining me and just for sharing a, a window into your, your story and your experience with, with your business. I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, hey, it's Megan again. As we wrap up today's episode, I want to remind you that our lovely guest, Amy Velotion, gave us a discount code. If you are ready for some luxurious organic pajamas with the cutest designs, head on over to printfresh.com and use the discount code RECLAMATION15. That's R-E-C-L-A-M-A-T-I-O-N, the number one, the number five, for 15% off. This discount code is only available from April 1st through 8th, 2021. So go now and get your wonderful PJs. All right, that's all. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Reclamation Podcast. I hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that I am rooting for you all the way. If you are desiring support on your journey, head to megscolleen.com. That's M-E-G-S-C-O-L-L-E-E-N.com to learn more about me and my current coaching offerings and availability. If you want to learn more about the show guests, head to the show website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And last, but definitely not least, If you found value in the show, sharing this episode with friends and posting a quick review is always appreciated. As always, reclamation is yours.